This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening to today's broadcast. Going out to you this, let's do a date check, Tuesday the 7th of April, 2020. Uh, Now, as I I imagine the title, I haven't really picked out a title yet, but as it likely says, we'll go with that to be safe. Uh, The majority of this show is the international mailbag. Uh, This went out uh, on my radio show uh, last week, and uh, really it's a compilation of some just very interesting listener comments, uh, perspectives, and viewpoints on the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. It's a regular segment, it's going to be, because I think it just went over really well. I want to share it with you here, so what you're about to hear already went out, it's pre-recorded, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do want to participate in this, really hope you can. Uh, I hope to do another edition of it late this week, around Friday, Saturday, and uh, if you want to get your voice out, this is an evolving situation, it's going to change this week, it's going to change next week, the week after that, etc., I'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you think about it? You can criticize your country's response. You can praise it. You can talk about any aspect of the virus you want to. How are you holding up through it? How is everything going for you, your area? I mean, anything you want to talk about, as long as it's pertinent to the virus. Uh, feedback is welcome, and there's a good chance that, you know, I'll read, I'll read your message, resp- uh, respond to it on the air. And you'll get your thoughts out, of course, on all these podcast platforms, on YouTube, uh, but also uh, many international shortwave frequencies. It's going to go out to people listening in uh, in Cuba, in Central, South America, uh, all across North America. Also goes out on some AM stations, too. You're just going to get your message out. But if it's something that you want to do, your feedback is always welcome at vorwinfo at gmail.com. Please stay safe, and uh, we'll reconvene later in the broadcast with a few uh, final thoughts. And with that, let's get into the VORW International Mailbag. This segment of the broadcast is a listener correspondence program. Anyone listening in can participate in it, and what the program is, is simple. If you have any comments, if you have any feedback, if you have any on-the-ground reports, any messages that you want to get out, anything that you want to say in regards to the coronavirus pandemic, wherever you are, if you're in Florida, if you're in New York, if you're in Canada or Mexico or Brazil, Bangladesh, Saudi Arabia, the United Kingdom, or anywhere in between, if you have any thoughts on the coronavirus pandemic that you want the world to hear, this is the place to share them. I will read as many comments as I can, and this is a place where listeners can give their perspective and their viewpoint on the situation. The way to participate is very simple. You can just send an email to vorwinfo at gmail.com. That's vorwinfo at gmail.com. And with that, we have a wonderful selection of emails to get to right now. We hear first from Rita in Pakistan. Pakistan is located right next to China and India, imagine that. The response from our government was slow and incompetent when this thing started. Located right next door, we needed to be more alert than any other country on the planet, but alas, 
Is any government doing its job anywhere right now? On paper, we have over 2,000 cases and 26 deaths, but keep in mind our health system is far behind any developed country. There's not enough testing, and our governments are notorious for keeping things under wraps. All our educational institutions and many offices have been shut down, but there's uncertainty in every department. People here are still not taking it as seriously as they should. I'm doing my bachelor's in psychology at the moment, and my research thesis is on hold indefinitely due to the situation. I have not gone out in about 20 days, and can't be thankful enough for having my family right beside me. I cannot imagine people quarantined alone. The news from America has been devastating to see, and it's surreal how global disasters tend to remind us all of our similarities as human beings. We have a lot of poverty here, and recently people have been protesting, yes, out on the streets, in groups. The people protesting are low-income individuals that have been affected by the curfews the most. They have starving children at home while our governments try to figure out how to handle this situation. Our country just isn't strong enough to go into complete lockdown. There is, however, a very odd thing about our people. We, as a nation, have seen so much that hardly anything hinders our spirits. People are not panicking over this. Sometimes that seems to be unfortunate, but I would be lying if it didn't prove to be emotionally uplifting at times. Sometimes it's okay to be unrealistically positive in our thoughts and to be wishful thinkers. I only hope that our wishes for a better tomorrow come true sooner rather than later. With that, I want to say a huge thank you to all the doctors, nurses, and other medical staff out there. Once again, we are reminded of the noble heroes of our society. That was from Rita in Pakistan. Thank you so much for your email. Hang in there, and it was just a pleasure to hear from you. I really appreciate the update. Esteban, Ventura County, California. As of April 1st, there are currently 23 COVID-19 cases in my city and 149 cases in Ventura County, which, by the time you read this email, there will probably be more. The coronavirus has affected me, as I'm a substitute teacher and schools are closed, therefore I will not be paid because I only get paid days worked. We've been told that the school will be back in session on May 4th, but by the looks of it here in Oxnard, California, and California as a whole, school will most likely be canceled for the rest of the school year. For the most part, people have been staying at home. The only places where there are a plethora of people are at the grocery stores. Grocery stores are now having a limit on how many people can shop at a time, having people wait as if it were Black Friday. And that was from Esteban in Ventura County, California. It's great to hear from you again, Esteban. And uh, hang in there. I know this is difficult right now, but we will get through this. Next, we go to Chitra, Karnataka, southern India. I am writing to you from Karnataka in southern India, where the number of people tested positive for the coronavirus is steadily increasing day by day. But it is still better than most states in our country. The central government is enforcing a very strict lockdown in the hopes of preventing an outbreak like the one in Italy and the United States. So far, they have been somewhat successful in preventing community transmission, but just two days ago, thousands of people attended a religious congregation in Delhi, the capital of India, 
from different parts of the country, defying police warnings and strict lockdown orders. At least 400 of the people who attended this congregation have tested positive for the virus, taking India's positive cases to more than 1,600 in just a day. Medical experts are beginning to worry if this event will push India into stage 3 of the pandemic. Millions will die if that happens as India is not ready to face such a scenario. I can only hope that people realize the seriousness of the situation and cooperate to bring an end to this horrendous crisis. I have been reading news reports from your country, and I'm horrified by some people who value the economy more than human lives. What good is an excellent economy if there are no people to enjoy it? I hope they come to their senses and do the right thing that serves the people and not just the economy. And that was a listener report from Chitra in Karnataka, southern India. Thank you for writing in. And uh, that is unfortunate to see that, yes, indeed, there was that super-spreading event uh, at that congregation. Uh, I I know that the government of India is certainly trying their best to uh, lock down the country and prevent the spread of this, because I think that they do understand uh, the consequences if it really spreads uncontrolled here. Uh, So I know they're trying their best, but I just hope that their efforts are fruitful. We go next to Marco in Mexico City, Mexico. The way we are going through this pandemic in Mexico is very chaotic. The government is not doing enough to prevent the spread of the virus. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've already heard about this on the news, our president is not practicing social distancing whatsoever. There are tons of people that do not believe this coronavirus is actually real and are proud to not be a part of the quarantine that many of us are a part of. Most of this lack of real and truthful information is due to the fake news going around on social media. The easy manipulated people won't hesitate to share fake information everywhere without verifying whether the source is trustworthy or not. I am personally very concerned about the situation, and I am doing what I can to follow the rules and make other people follow them too, especially family members, and friends. So thank you, Marco, in Mexico City, Mexico. Uh, And absolutely, you're doing your very best to try to just, you know, because fake news, this is something that I think some people, uh, you know, fake news, when you hear that term, especially in the United States, so many people just think that it's something that just impacts the U.S. because you hear it so often used in the realm of U.S. politics. I think some people forget that this happens everywhere. Uh, that this type of misinformation and fakery happens in all parts of the world. Uh, That you have rumors that are spread around, you have unsubstantiated claims, very dangerous statements that are made, and people who sadly believe them. So thank you, Marco, for doing your part uh, to try to just tell the truth to your friends and family members and uh, to encourage them to stay safe. So thank you for doing doing your best and doing your part, Marco. And finally, uh, we go to Ahmed in Saudi Arabia. At first, we were not affected at all with this pandemic, as I and most other people read about COVID-19 and how it was spreading in China. At first, I thought it would be like Ebola, where it'll affect a country greatly, but I'll only know about it through the news. But after we had our first patients in Saudi Arabia, it felt more real, 
Then my company told us to work from home, and the government proceeded to shut down schools. But the biggest thing that made us all realize how huge this was, when for the first time in the country's history, all mosques have been closed, and visiting Holy Mecca is forbidden. Right now we have a partial curfew, starting from 3 p.m. to 6 a.m., with huge fines to breach the curfew, equal to more than $3,000. Personally, I'm making the most of it. I'm starting to read once again, playing some of the video games I missed in the last month, and I'm also working on writing a new novel. So in short, I think I'm using my free time in the best way I could. So thank you, Ahmed, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that was, it was very interesting to see, and I think it's something that a lot of people uh, at first thought, where, yes, uh, similar to uh, Ebola, similar to SARS, uh, at first you hear about this outbreak in some faraway place that does not have that direct impact on you, right? But the thing that made coronavirus different is that it expanded out of that area, and very quickly afterward, it hit very close to home. Uh, so, you know, once you start seeing those direct impacts on you, when certain closures are made, etc., I think that's when many people began to realize the uh, seriousness of the situation. Here in the United States, I recall, uh, I think the one night that really changed the public attitude, at least for a substantial number of Americans, uh, is when all of the professional sports leagues all began to postpone or cancel all of their games and series, etc., almost at the same time. And once all of these organizations began shutting down, I think that was the very first personal impact that many people here in the United States began to feel, and that's when we began to realize, in large, that this is not just some faraway issue anymore, but it will impact us firsthand. So thank you, Ahmed, in Saudi Arabia. If you would like to participate in the VORW International Mailbag, your thoughts on the situation are appreciated. Regular correspondence is welcome as well, as this is a continuously evolving situation, and of course things can change day to day, week to week. Your feedback, as you've been seeing in these emails, is welcome at vorwinfo at gmail.com. That's vorw. I-N-F-O at gmail.com. How would you analyze the situation where you are? What are your on-the-ground reports? How do you think your government is doing? What are your thoughts on the crisis? How is it impacting you? Any thoughts, viewpoints, or opinions on the situation are welcome. Once again, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And with that, let's take a short break for some music. We have a request coming in from Chiho in Japan, a regular listener, and he wants to hear Bulletproof Heart by My Chemical Romance. This is VORW Radio International. We go next to Sergeant Rio in the U.S. Army. I am a U.S. Army sergeant currently stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia. Here in the Army, we don't stop working just because of the virus. Likewise, recruits still come through the pipeline at the reception battalion where I work at processing soldiers into actual basic training. During this time, most recruits are inoculated for a variety of diseases, and being that they are in close contact with people from all over the U.S., 
as well as even some from outside the country, this usually leads to many being infected with a mild flu. Lord knows I myself got sick when I went through it a few years ago. The usual cycle, as well as corona's natural characteristics, however, makes it hard to distinguish between a normal seasonal flu or an adverse reaction to shots and the actual coronavirus. Usually we are prepared to see a few bad cases. Every 250 to 500 recruits who come through uh, requiring extensive monitoring and even hospitalization at Martin Army Community Hospital. But due to the pandemic, we are now operating at max capacity as fears of the virus permeate high command, leading to them ordering us to be more aggressive with quarantine measures and sending far more recruits than normal to the hospital for testing. Not only has this led to shortage of resources as we operate above our usual rates, but our medical stockpiles have also been depleted as recruits and even actual army soldiers report to sick call for every flu-like symptom they show and swarm already tired and exasperated medics and meager supplies thin. This fear that affects people is the actual enemy, as the majority of personnel do not show any sign of anything more than the seasonal flu. But in their minds, with the news being the way it is, and us soldiers not getting any days off, this has led to what I hesitantly call a panic. These young soldiers and recruits have grown to expect the government to look out for them and help them out, however. Since we still don't have a vaccine synthesized, we can only offer acetaminophen as well as recommend to their commanders that they be placed on light duty and be given extra bed rest. Still, this is not all doom and gloom, as we are receiving some supplies from storages, and the crisis has finally led the general staff to see the medical branch as a higher priority for funding, and has reversed many of their decisions from previous years, which has led to a brain drain and led us to make do with less. Hopefully this trend continues even after the current crisis passes, and we don't just pump money into the combat arms branches. All this is just my specific views from one base, and other military locations may be doing better than us. Perhaps a cure is even being developed in one of these laboratories. The army runs. So that was from Sergeant Rio uh, in Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, thank you, sir, for listening in, and I appreciate your feedback. Thank you, of course, for your service to this country. And it's interesting what you mentioned, and, and this makes sense. Because I think some people, you know, this 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 mindset, this attitude, doesn't just impact one group of people, it impacts everyone. Uh, this nervousness, this kind of on-edge uh, type of attitude where, obviously, like you said, with just so many people being there in one place, uh, of course, you said even, you know, colds and flu go around no matter what, just, you know, based on how things are. Uh, so obviously, how many people may have some symptoms and aren't sure with what they have, uh, and obviously with the higher-ups not really wanting to take any chances, I could easily understand how the medical system there is getting overwhelmed. I think that's going for pretty much everywhere, and I completely understand, though, given the severity of this, people just want to make sure that maybe they don't have it, or if they do, they're just getting the right treatment, but obviously, I think that's a good instance of how the medical system can just get overwhelmed so quickly. 
Although I would say that it is a good development, that at least more effort is being put toward the funding uh, and advancement of the medical system once again. And uh, hopefully, like you said, it'll just continue to even after this crisis is over. So thank you for writing in. Nick, United Kingdom. Regarding coronavirus, I have to say the attempts to slow down the spread do not inspire much optimism in me as far as the UK is concerned. One needs only to look at footage of London's commuters to see that. However, the community in general is showing themselves to be willing to help each other in a time of crisis. And when our National Health Service put out a call for volunteers, they received over half a million responses in very short order. I myself am in the process of seeing out a mild to moderate case of the virus, having experienced the fever, aches, and coughing as well as shortness of breath which wakes me up most nights. However, I believe I am on the upswing and should be okay. And while I have felt worse from illnesses, this is the first time I had to contemplate my own mortality and I do not wish it on anyone else. So that was from Nick in the United Kingdom. Thank you, Nick, and I really hope that you feel better soon. Stay strong through this, um, but it really, it's, it's great to see that despite that you're going through this, uh, it seems, at least from what I've read, that you got lucky that maybe you just have a mild case and uh, you're going to get through this. So thank you, Nick. Just stay safe, stay inside, uh, just stay isolated for the time being, and uh, you're going to get through this. So thank you, Nick. And it was also, it was uplifting to see uh, that despite all of the concern, there were so many people that, that came forward in the UK uh, to offer their assistance to the medical system, and that's just a wonderful thing to see. Corwin in Baltimore, Maryland. I just want to give my sincerest apologies to the high school seniors who may not get a graduation and a prom, the college students who can't take their labs, student teaching, and their own commencements, those with birthdays in these months, deaths in these months, and any complications to life. We are all in this together, as I myself fall into some of those categories. We will get through this. Wash your hands, stay indoors, and flatten the curve. That was from Corwin in Baltimore, Maryland. Very well said. And finally, we go to an anonymous listener in Tampa, Florida. Here in Tampa, we have a safer-at-home curfew, so unless you're getting something from the convenience store, they want you home. The hours are from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., but I don't think it's anything too strict. I think you can still go for walks, just practice social distancing. I usually try to go out for walks every day, and I have noticed everyone else is too. Families, couples, dogs... I had to change my walking route because there were too many people in the neighborhood. My new walking route is nice. The worst thing of all is that I have recently been furloughed from my job. April 1st is the last day they will be paying us. I barely have enough expenses for next month, and I feel so defeated. I've tried to call my company number to set my PTO up, but of course, so is everyone else. My general manager told me the wait time was three to four hours, she gave me the option to also file for unemployment and gave me a list of places that are hiring if I wanted to take that route. She told me that she doesn't know how long this would last, but hopefully not anything more than a month. I understand that this extension of the social distancing is important. We don't want our hospitals to be overcapacitated. 
I also keep forgetting that I'm still in school uh, because I keep worrying about money. All my classes are online now. When I go for my walks and I see other people, I wonder if they're going through what I'm going through. I wonder how they're coping. Are they happy? Then I see the sunset and wonder how the world can continue to be beautiful despite the chaos. This isolation can be hard, especially for anyone with a mental illness, but at least the weather was nice today. It was a little cold for me, early 70s, but having grown up in south-central Florida, that's cold for me. So thank you to our listener in Tampa, Florida. And, and you know, it is a tough situation, of course, the economic impact as well as the direct impacts from the virus. And yes, these next few months are going to be difficult times. This is a multifaceted crisis. But we will get through this. Life has changed. Life will continue to change. There are going to be major adjustments, there already are, that will impact each and every one of us. But the world still turns, and life goes on. And we will get through this. There will be a time that this will finally end, that this crisis will abate, and things will finally get back to normal. Please hang in there. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you're able to find something to to make ends meet and uh, to get through this. So thank you. And with that, any additional pieces of feedback and correspondence are welcome at vorwinfo at gmail.com. We'll have another edition of the VORW International Mailbag in a future show. And again, if you'd like to have your input shared with the world on many shortwave frequencies, AM frequencies, and through the internet, all you need to do is send your feedback to vorwinfo at gmail.com. And with that, let's get into some more music. We hear from Hunter in Las Vegas, Nevada, who wants to hear Out of Touch by Daryl Hall and John Oates. So I hope you enjoyed that segment. Uh, again, that was the uh, VORW International Mailbag that went out last week on the radio show, and uh, pleased to feature it here for you guys as well. Now, uh, two last things that I want to talk about. Number one, you know, I was sitting around earlier, I was trying to think, do I even want to talk about this, you know, and if so, how? I don't know if you ever had that. I'm sure you have. Right, where it's something that, like, you don't even, you want to talk about it, but you're not even sure how to address it, or if you even should, right? It's like, should I? Should I not? And, uh, you know, part of me wanted to just go on a long, profanity-ridden rant, to tell you the truth, but I'm not going to. And uh, some people, I mean, even by my my tone or or whatever, you know, they're going to say, you know, no, don't, uh, don't have this viewpoint, don't think this, don't say that. Uh, but that's, you know, that's up to you. And that's all that there is to it, you know? It's just my view. That's that's all that I can say. I guess it's just one of those things that I've become resigned to. You know, when there's something that bothers you, it's like you have all these different... And yeah, this goes against what I've said. I, I, I will tell you the truth. Yes, I'm guilty. I, I'm not even following my own advice. Which, yes, it's hypocritical, but I freely admit it. You know, it's just one of those things. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can, even if I tried, to tell you the truth. 
Maybe it's pessimistic. Maybe it's too pessimistic. I don't know. It's just my view. But it's like you ever get one of those times where it says something's bothering you and you've just kind of... There's different phases, you know, different stages, different outlooks. Where sometimes you see a problem and it's like, you know, maybe you want to call... You want to call it out, you're upset about it, you try to raise awareness, and then it gets to a point where it's like you feel like, what's the point? And you just become resigned to to fate. It's kind of like that, where it's like with this virus, right? I realize now that pretty much whoever is taking this seriously is going to take it seriously. And whoever isn't, isn't. No matter what, it doesn't matter anymore. That's how it feels anyway. Now, I know that's not true. I mean, I understand that. Uh, anyone can change at any point. It's never too late. And I get that. I mean, I, I, I accept that. I understand it. But uh, it sure feels like it's, you know, the other way around, where it's like, whoever is taking this thing seriously, whoever is taking the necessary precautions is taking them, and whoever isn't, isn't, and never will. Or, you know, the point that it would have to get to for these people to do it is as something that I would never want to happen, ever, ever. It would either have to get to the point where the death toll is going to get so massive that eventually people will finally realize that, yeah, it's a big deal, or it'll personally impact them or their families, and then maybe, and either of those two things I never want to see happen. But you know, what I said on my broadcasts, and I'll say again here, is that I just hope at least of the majority of people who, you know, haven't made up their minds and, you know, who, who don't think it's BS, which I certainly don't. I think it's an absurd assertion. That's just my, my two cents. I think that's insane quite frankly. But I just hope that we can understand that this this virus is the real deal, and yes, it's a big deal too. Now, if you want to debate and talk about the purported severity of it, that's fine. But I hope we could at least understand and admit that it is an issue. Now, if you want to argue whether you think that it's Spanish flu level severe, or if it's not, or what, that's fine. And at the very least, you know, you have to understand, look at the world, look at the severe socioeconomic disruption this has caused. In my opinion, that's a big deal in and of itself, excluding the virus 100%. But I just hope we could all come to terms with the fact that it is a big deal. I think it's an extremely big deal in terms of how it's affected the world, but also in terms of the virus itself. The fact that it's such a dice roll, you know? Early on, it seemed like it was... You know, you hear these mainstream talking points, and... I was always a bit of a a doomer early on. Still am. But... You know, you had these talking points where it was like, oh, it's only going to affect the old people. It's only going to affect those with pre-existing conditions, etc. But now I think it's kind of, this is how it's always been, but 
it's more acknowledged that the, it's a dice roll. Doesn't matter how old you are, or how young you are, or what state you're in. You get it, you've rolled the dice. What happens? Maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get asymptomatic case. You, you've got it and you didn't even know you have it. Not good for the public, but it's good for you. Maybe you'll get a mild case. You know, you'll have a little bit of a fever, a little bit of a cough. You'll just be tired a little bit. That's great. You might get a moderate case. You might, you know, be coughing a lot more. You might have some, some, uh, you know, definite chest congestion. Might be a little tough to breathe. You know, you feel like you got a bad flu. You're down, you're down for the count for a while. Bed rest, you know, etc. But you're able to stay home. Might get a tougher case where you got to go to the hospital, and you might get a severe case where you're in the ICU, put on a ventilator, might lead to death. And it doesn't discriminate. Virus doesn't care who you are, what your background is, doesn't matter. The virus is, it just is. You know, a sad, but I think accurate example is look at the UK. Had Prince Charles, who was in his 70s, I think upper 70s at this point. He gets the virus, you know, he's just got mild symptoms, but he's doing okay. He's already well on the mend, he's doing alright, getting back to normal, getting back into the groove. Again, a man of close to 80. And then you have Prime Minister Boris Johnson in his 50s. Right now fighting for his life in the ICU and... The outlook there is, we just don't know, but there's certainly, you know, there's certainly that chance, sadly. Two very prominent individuals and two very different outcomes. The virus is just going to keep doing what it does, and, you know, one of the things, and one of the reasons why I hope that so many people are taking this seriously is the things you can do try to prevent its spread, to try to prevent you from getting infected, or if you have it and you don't even know you have it, to prevent you from infecting other people. I mean, are just so simple. That's the other thing. These are simple things you can do. You wash your hands more. That's 20 seconds. That's it. 20 meager little seconds. You disinfect surfaces more. Doorknobs, countertops, etc. It's so easy. You Spray it down, wipe it. What, that's 15 seconds right there? That's it? Wear a mask when you go outside. Whether you're sick or not, wear a mask. That's my viewpoint right there. That's what the CDC recommends now. Not just me saying it anymore. A couple talking heads. That's what the CDC, the government, recommends. Many governments recommend it. That's why you see a picture of me. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you've been looking, you know, for the last 30 minutes of a... Picture of me there with the mask on. Wear one if you can. Uh, you know, be responsible. The N95s. At this point, if you have a couple, feel free to wear them. But otherwise, you know, the, the doctors, hospitals, first responders do need them. But there's other masks you can still wear. Even if you have some N95s, you can wear those. Wear the surgical masks like you see me wearing in the picture there. Or improvise, make your own. I mean, anything to cover your face, anything. There's some real good resources on how to make them or what you can use or whatever. But wear a mask. Whenever you go outside, wear one. I'm finally seeing more people here in Florida wearing face masks outside. You know, anything from 
an N95 to a surgical mask to a bandana. You know, I'm finally looking around, seeing people wearing them, which is great. More people that, that wear them, the better. And you know, just practicing social distancing, literally staying inside, sitting on the couch, sleeping in, watching TV. My goodness, it's, it's, you know, it's something we could all do. These are simple things that can literally save lives. I just, you know, I hold out this, I try to anyway, but sometimes you just, you become despondent. You try to hold out this hope that maybe, you know, the people who, every time I publish a new, a new program that, you know, bombard me with this emails telling me that this virus is just a load of BS, or that they don't care about it, or that I should just F off and shut the F up about it, quit wasting time, right? Who cares? Stick to the burgers. You know, it's no big deal. So what only kills the old people? Do you realize what kind of statement that is? Eh, let's not go there. You could, I could see where this one's going. Let's not do that. But I, I just hope, you know, that these people, maybe, maybe they'll take it seriously. I just try to, anyway, try to hold out that hope. Because everyone's actions can make a, a huge world of difference. And to me, you know, this isn't... Some people try to politicize it. It's not. To me, this isn't a political issue. This is a worldwide, global pandemic. It doesn't matter what country you're in, who you support, who you don't support. Doing this stuff isn't, isn't political in the least, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I, I just say this because, you know, in this last week, it's just hit on a different level. And I hope this is something that you never ever have to experience, that you ever have to go through, that you ever have to deal with. I hope that never happens for you. Because trust me when I say it, it's a god-awful feeling that I just wish would go away, and it drags on you. It just, it, it wears you down. It's like this black shroud over you. Uh, where obviously, you could be as well-versed as you want to be in this virus. You could have followed it from day one. I mean, I've been, I've been researching this thing tirelessly since early January. Every day I've wasted, gosh, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of hours on this virus. You could be as well-versed as you want. When it, when it hits personally, it hits different doesn't matter how much or how little you know about this thing, it, it will always hit you in a different way when there's that personal impact. It doesn't matter. It always will. And, you know, with... Obviously, I'm, you know, here in Florida, but having grown up, spent most of my life in uh, New York, northern New Jersey, you know, lower New York State, What's really the epicenter of this in the U.S. anyway? Thankfully, my family's doing okay, you know, right now. I, I just, number one, every day I wake up and I, I hope that they're still doing okay. You know, that level of concern, it's unlike anything I've ever, you know, ex experienced before, number one. But number two, you see how this, this thing is just tearing through that area. And to see every day people who I've known personally, 
but people who I've known growing up, people in the community, just good people, you know, with a with a good heart, die from this. I, it's been five people now, I think, that that's, that's happened to. Just their lives just gone from this. Never deserved this. Other people getting infected, you know, fighting for their lives. It's a, it's a god-awful feeling. You know, and I was just, I was up in that area too, just in, in December. Early January. To see what this thing is capable of. I hope that this thing just never, never has the impact like that on you. Because it's dreadful, and all I can say is that it's just this type of... You know, you can't even really verbalize it. It's just this... It stings, you know, in internally. You know, just deep inside, it stings. I don't know, that's all I can say. What this thing is capable of doing is scary. So, I don't know, it's when people call this just BS, and that they don't care... Just, you know, it hurts on a personal level, but it doesn't matter. The people who don't care, don't care. And never will, probably. But again, maybe a few will change. I just don't know what it would take. But to all of you who do, please hang in there. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing and just remember your actions right now. May very well prevent your community, your town, wherever it is that you are from becoming like what's going on in New York, New Jersey right now, because trust me, it's a, it's a grim situation. But your actions make a difference, and please just, for God's sake, just hang in there. It's tough, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better, but certainly some areas are getting put through the, through the ringer. You know, I guess I'm just trying to say that this virus can hit hard, no matter how how versed you are in it, or what. You're never going to be ready for that personal impact, never. I know that's a it's a very serious, sobering talk, and it can be frustrating at times, but it's just something that you know needed to uh, needed to get out there. And uh, thank you for listening in. We'll be back again in a couple of days with another edition of the Mailbag. Uh, hope you can hope you can catch that. Feedback is welcome at vorwinfo at gmail.com. Hang in there, everyone, and please be safe. We're going to get through this, but these are tough times. But we're going to make it. We're going to get through it. Stay strong, stay safe, be hygienic, take care. This is VORW.